Welcome back to Career Talk. I'm Cole Sperry, Managing Editor over here at Optum Careers. Today I've got the pleasure of sitting down with Patrick Odendina, who's the Sales Enablement Manager over at JustWorks. And I'm super excited today because Patrick has had an unfortunate <laughs> series of events where he's gone through several layoffs back to back to back over the past six months. But each time he's rebounded and landed another job, a better job, within 30 days of that layoff. And today, Patrick's gonna talk about the importance of relationships. So without further delay, Patrick, thanks for coming on today. Sure, thank you. So I wanted to really talk to you about just what's going on in the current market. A lot of layoffs, obviously. And I would say two of the biggest fields that seem to be hit right now are recruiters and enablement, which makes sense because if you're not hiring, you probably don't need to enable a lot of people. Now, you've been at Better.com and you were also at ShareByte, and both of those companies ended up laying you off within a few months of each other. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Both of those were layoffs and then another one after that. So three okay. times in 12 months. That was December, okay. August, and then December again, three layoffs. Yeah. For anybody else who's kind of going through the same thing, or maybe it's their first time going through it. What would you say was really important for you, you know, week one, week two after that hits? Like, how do you wrap your mind around it? How do you get yourself straight and press on? So the first time I really had no idea what was going on. I didn't know it was going to happen. I had no inkling in my mind that I was going to be laid off. That was December 2021. And really before any of the other companies were doing layoffs, so it never even crossed my mind. And when it happened, I just knew that I needed to get back to work as soon as I could. Had a little bit of savings, but I wanted it to stay in my savings. So for me, it was how can I get back to work as soon as and, you know, I thought for less than a day, because that morning I saw a handful of my colleagues at the time, it was 900 people were laid off in the first round with the like infamous Zoom call. And I saw a handful of people share their experience about the layoff at first. Like, I don't know if I want to write one of these things. I posted usually on LinkedIn, but I was like, you know what? No, I do need to share a bit of like my story because I wanted it to be known. I was not laid off because I was doing a bad job. I literally was promoted a month prior to that, got the biggest bonus I ever got a month before that, all of those different things. So I just wanted to share my story that I was not the bottom 9% of the company, which is what I thought very well could have been the impression. So that was my intent with it. And I had no idea it was going to get the detraction or the response that it did, but it was quite an experience. And since then, like, those viral posts are, I wish that I don't have to post them, but I do kind of feel good when they do get the publicity. Any advice for someone who is going through that same experience and do I post on LinkedIn? Don't I post on LinkedIn? What do I post? How'd you go about crafting that message? What worked? What didn't? Maybe if you crafted a couple of them, right? Like, how do you do that well? So, Lee, I would say I put a lot more thought into what I post and what I don't post on LinkedIn. So for me, and this wasn't based on any science or algorithm or logic or anything like that, but I don't really enjoy reading negative posts, kind of like the woe is me kind of thing. And 
occasionally people have told me like, I love the tone of your posts. It's very like looking forward to the future as opposed to I am a victim. I didn't want people to think I was a victim. I was making good money. I had savings. It wasn't like I was going to be out on the street. So I wanted that to be known. Yeah, I was really thinking about, I'm talking to the people who could potentially be my next employer or my next coworker. So that's the tone that I wanted to share it in. These are all the things I accomplished when I was at Better. I was surprised to be laid off. You know, I recently got a exceeds expectation on my performance review and different data points I thought were going to be important. So especially within sales enablement, there's a lot of lingo and jargon that's important to not only other sales enablement professionals, but essentially the VP of sales or the head of sales, because very often that's going to be who's going to sign off on your approval. Like, yes, let's hire this person. So I'm thinking of those folks as my audience, thinking of salespeople as my audience or people that I'll be working with. So yes, thinking of like a positive tone, speaking about my experiences in a way that people can digest and hopefully it resonates with them. And very often it does. So you're really thinking about as you're posting these messages, it sounds like, who's my audience? Who do I want to read this? And what would they want to read more so than, you know, necessarily a, a venting fest, if you will, that's all about yourself and whatnot. I assume you probably keep that closer to home. Correct. Because I think like very often, what is this post going to achieve? And it's not always like, oh, every post I want to get a job or every post I'm trying to get money. If it's just something that's purely negative with no looking forward, then is this just going to make other people kind of also join me in my misery? And I don't want that, right? I want people to send me like positive messages. Hey, there's this job that's hiring. You think like you might be a great person for the role. And I get that from people who I've never met, never worked with or anything. I think very often, because like I said, I try to be approachable online as I be approachable like in person. Now, having gone through a couple of layoffs, And I think the statistic I read last was like almost half of the workforce has experienced a layoff at some point in their careers. And I'm sure the other half will eventually (laughs) natural thing that seems to happen more often than we would probably like. Do you feel that you're more prepared now if another layoff came your way? And if so, how do you prepare yourself for that situation when it almost inevitably seems to happen? Yes, absolutely. I am more prepared. I feel like I am a professional and I can probably give like a a crash course on how to prepare for a layoff because I'd say the, the second time that it happened, I saw many signs that it was possible that I thought layoffs at the company were possible, but maybe I wasn't going to be impacted. And then I was impacted. You know, my role was eliminated in that first round. And then at the third stop at Metropolis, I was too paranoid, but I, in my mind, there was a 95% chance I was going to be laid off. And, you know, a lot of times in the company all hands, when they start talking about the economy and we need to buckle down, we need to do more with less. We need to think about our growing our teams. There's a lot of signs that now I, maybe I'm, you could say triggered by, but The second time that it happened and third time that it happened, I didn't take those things personally. I would say I handled them a lot better than the first because I prepared for it, right? I even thinking about my expenses and how I'm spending money, I'm preparing to potentially be out of work for hopefully one, two, maybe even more than three months. But I'm figuring ways that I can cut back because I may be, you know, without income for some time. But then other than that, to try to even prevent it, I really thought to do as much as I could and be as valuable to a company so that 
even if there are layoffs, it doesn't happen to me now. That wasn't successful, but I tried to do as much as possible and not say that's not my job. I wanted to make myself as useful as possible. But like I said, it didn't exactly work out that way. Yeah. You alluded to a few of them a minute ago, but what are some of the signs now that you've been through it a couple of times, right? And you've probably noticed some patterns, maybe even. What are some of the signs you would say, hey, if you start hearing this or you start seeing this, you might want to start preparing? Yes. So I'd say probably most companies out there, if not all, company-wide, all hands meetings will likely refer to the economy or the recession, the coming recession, those different kinds of things. I'd say unless you are told from a CEO or a C-suite level that we are not laying people off, there is a decent chance that it's going to happen, especially if you work at a tech startup, SaaS-based kind of company. It's a possibility. And I learned more about it in the past year because I learned like how these companies are operating, even if profitable, very often are running off of investor money. And you think about like what's going on. It's they took a hundred million dollars from investors for like a piece of company. And now these investors before maybe said this money is supposed to last you for three years. They're now saying, well, we actually kind of need to stretch this into five years, right? So going to be spending less per year. So thinking of different ways that they can cut back. So I'd say, unless you hear, we are not laying people off, it's on the table. Now I can think back to some of my meetings being canceled and some of my like projects being pushed back and saying, oh, Oh, don't worry, we're not going to focus on this or, you know, that trip that you're supposed to take to uh, one of our offices. Don't worry about that. Those are like much more when I knew it was going to happen. But yeah, saying we're going to slow down on hiring, that's definitely in the direction. I think a lot of the companies, or at least uh, let me just talk to the companies I've worked at. Companies I've worked at when they say that there's a hiring freeze, that's usually to try to maybe prevent or to decrease the number of people that they would have to lay off. So that's certainly a sign in that direction. And those are just the few that come to mind. Yeah, yeah, no, those are really solid. You mentioned a little bit ago about kind of that paranoia. Now that you've been there a couple of times, how do you balance? balance a healthy amount of skepticism so you're not caught off guard and completely unprepared <laughs> but without driving yourself in how do i put this without creating problems in your mind that may not really be there <laughs> for sure for me i think they have these new buzzwords and terms but there's like a quiet quitting and a quiet firing and Cushioning is one of them that I've lined up, but certainly something I would recommend. So, and I believe cushioning refers to even if you're not necessarily looking to leave your job right now, being open to other options that are out there. And every week, even now, I just started my role last week. I get messages from recruiters and hiring managers asking if I'm interested in a role that they have open. And there are times or there are companies where I'd say, no, I thank you. I'm very happy with where I am, but in other times I would be open to having a three conversation just to learn more because it kind of gives yourself a head start. So in the event something did happen next week or next month, I've already met the recruiter there, the hiring manager, and I can be a little bit further along in the process. So I'd say that's certainly an option. Now, if it's a job that you don't love it, then you probably want to get ahead of the potential things and just find something that you love, find Find a place that you think is going to be a little bit more secure. And I think that's what I put a lot of thought into because I really didn't want to get into another company where I'm only going to be there for a few months. I'm already self-conscious about my resume now because I have 
those two very, very short stints of seven months and three months. So for me coming into this opportunity, I really felt it was going to be the best one. And I felt had the highest probability I can be here for a long time, as opposed to looking for a brand new startup that is hiring their first sales enablement manager, first sales enablement director. I joined the team and there's more than a dozen people on the sales enablement and sales training team here. So I felt more secure here. It doesn't mean it's impossible for things to happen, but I was very conscious about that going into this new role. You've been in several different, ind- I know you're kind of in tech now, but you know, better, I'll say they're like a tech company, but really it's just a lending company, in my opinion, with some fancy tech backing them up. But, you know, it looks like you've also spent a little bit of time in the healthcare tech space. I know you worked for Indeed, for Enterprise right. in the past. Yes. You've got a lot of diversity across your industry segments. Is that scary to make those changes? What helped you kind of move around and be more fluid? Because a lot of people, they get stuck in a space and they're either afraid to get out of it or they don't know how. So I'm curious for you with all that diversity you've had, and I know some of it's probably unwanted the past year, obviously, mm-hmm. but... What was it like making those changes and how'd you go about it? Sure. So not scary at all for me. However, I want to share for people, I understand that it may be scary for them. And Cole, actually, you mentioned this, maybe in a post from yesterday or a few days recently, someone reached out to you about a job that they were applying for. They shared their resume with you to talk about. And you shared with them that there's kind of like two things that you want to think about, like the industry that you are in and the kind of work that you'll be doing and try to stick with one of those. Don't stray from both of those. And that's very much what I think of as well. So I know that I love doing sales enablement. We can call it sales training. And I love technology. One of those has to remain. So I can go into maybe a healthcare kind of company. As long as I can do sales enablement there, that's close enough to what it is that I love to do and where I love to do it, that I can make it work. And vice versa, if there was another role that maybe it was going to be sales operations, that's kind of close to what I do. But it's in one of those industries that are like a mortgage company. I also feel like I have a leg up on it because I have a background in mortgage now for a couple of years. So I can figure out some of those things. But I was very open when applying for different roles and accepting offers to interview with different companies. As long as it was in the ballpark of what I was looking to do, I entertained the opportunity because I thought of it as having more horses in the race of not really turning down interviews unless I knew like, there's no way I'm doing this job. <laughs> but in, in some cases, it's it's not going to be the perfect match. And for me, it didn't have to be a perfect match. It just kind of had to be somewhat close to what it was that I wanted to or where I wanted to. Yeah. What'd you say has been your secret sauce? Because when I look at your timeline here, at least on your LinkedIn profile, each time you've been laid off, you've only been out of work for a month, maybe a little over a month. What's been key to being able to find something else quick and something else decent? You're bouncing back fast. So if I told you I was in the secret sauce, it really wouldn't be a secret, right? <laughs> but just kidding. The funny thing is that I share with people, generally I get messages of, you know, you get so much or engagement on LinkedIn. And that's for someone who maybe doesn't post on LinkedIn at all. And they're comparing themselves to me. And there's times where I'm comparing myself to some like super influencer on LinkedIn, but I've really only been active for a little over a year, like posting regularly every single day. 
And I can tell you there is no secret sauce. Consistency is all it is. I don't have any tools. I don't use any like plugins or add-ons for LinkedIn. I don't really draft messages or think about the algorithm. To some extent, occasionally, I think about posting on LinkedIn as free publicity is really what it is and advertising myself more than just sending out my resume and applying to different jobs. It's giving opportunity for a future employer to potentially see me. So I want to post Monday through Friday pictures for some reason, get engagement. So one or two of those are going to be pictures. One or two are going to be specific about sales enablement and maybe me sharing some experience or some things that I've done and things that I want to work on. But as I mentioned, it's really not a, a science to it. It's just being intentional to try to capture as many eyeballs as I can to myself because that was the biggest thing is I had to promote myself and advertise myself more than anyone else. You've got LinkedIn and obviously that's worked quite well for you and getting some eyeballs on you. I mean, I think your job at JustWorks that you're in now, LinkedIn played a big role in that. Is that right? Yes. JustWorks now, I got a recruiter messaging me on LinkedIn. My previous role at Metropolis, someone who I was connected with on LinkedIn introduced me to the hiring manager who was the VP of sales at Metropolis. And then previous to that, ShareBite, the CEO, saw one of my posts on LinkedIn, messaged me, and I was hired a couple of weeks later. So the last three roles were all directly because of things that I'd posted and just being found on LinkedIn. It was people finding me, not a result of me applying to jobs. So I still apply to jobs. I don't tell people don't apply to jobs. Definitely apply to them. Give yourself as many chances as possible is what I like to say. But yeah, the last three people found me. That's that's a really cool story. And I, I think some of that's a testament to just your ability to, to connect with people via social media platforms. That's really what LinkedIn is. And some people can do it well and some people can't and everybody has a different tool, but it's cool that's working well for you. And hopefully it doesn't have to work for that purpose for a long time. Right. Are you still continuing to be as active even though you've settled into a new role? What's your plan going forward? Not necessarily keep options open. I mean, that's not the goal, but to to still use the platform to promote yourself. Yes, my plan is to be just as active as I was when I was looking for a role. And I'm always thinking about, I don't know when next I'll be looking for my next job. I hope that it's not for a very long time, but it very well might be in a month or two from now. So like you said, it's not specifically just to kind of cushion myself for my next role, but also to think about like, you know, I, I recruit. I shared recently that JustWorks is posting and trying to refer some people that I know that are also open to work or looking for work right now. And I find different tools that I use. I was connected with some different tech products that I purchased in the past. I found out about them from LinkedIn. I network a ton. I even volunteer some of my time with a uh, rework training. It's a non-for-profit. I learned about them from LinkedIn. So it's not just looking for a job. That's not the only reason that I post on LinkedIn, but it's to stay in touch with what's going on for me to also learn about enablement because I don't only want to learn from sales enablement from my immediate coworkers, but there's other people out there, other influencers, you can call them or, or really just people who contribute and share thoughts. So Sometimes I'm a thought leader and sometimes I am a thought follower. I like to read as much as I like to post. Yeah. Any final words of advice for someone who is maybe looking for that next job, trying to 
navigate layoff woes or figure out how to promote themselves online or anything? What, what would you say? You can do it. Anybody can. I promise you, I share all the time. I am not a professional. I never read a book on posting on LinkedIn or anything like that. So you can be just as successful or even more successful than I am. If you take a look at some of the people that you like on LinkedIn and find some themes, find like how they're actually constructing their messages, find what kinds of images or what kinds of links they're sharing and maybe emulate some of those things, but also be yourself, show the kind of coworker that you're going to be, share some of your success stories from the past and be positive is number one. Not positive isn't just being cheesy, but show what kind of light you'll bring to a team. That's the main thing for me that I always look to do. And dog pictures are always a hit. Pictures are always a hit. I love it. I talked to a financial analyst once who I was working on his resume, and he actually did the analysis for this. I think they're an HVAC company <laughs> on whether wow. dogs or cats got more engagement. Dogs, hands down. They started putting dogs on all of their marketing collateral. That's funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. I'll see you next time on the next episode of Career Talk. And until then, don't forget to go to OptumCareers.com and check out all of our tools for job searching, resumes, interviewing, and more.